Hi, I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller, and this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family YA book club podcast. Today we'll be discussing Glass Sword, the second book in the Red Queen series by Victoria Aviard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. Cloran grumbles all the way out of the infirmary and into the concrete yard. He even walks slowly, forcing me to slow down for him. I try to ignore him for Cal's sake, for the cause, but when I catch the word foolish for the third time, I have to stop short. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is Season 2, Episode 5, Glass Sword, Chapter 7. So, How are we at Episode 5 of Season 2 already? I know. It's, it's crazy to me already. It's like, wow, it feels like we just started this book. We're, this is Episode 5 already. Right? That's the thing that we keep bringing up a lot, too, is because we've, like, it's like over 30 weeks We've been into these books, but in maritime, it's like it's what, so short. Two weeks. Right. She says later on, like spoiler alert, later on in this chapter, she talks about Julian and and her helping Farley, Kalorn, and Walsh escape a week ago. Right. A week ago. I think it's. I think it's been like maybe two months. It's a week. It's that. I mean, two months for the whole thing. I know, but like, a week oh. since all of that. Like, that. Yeah. how long ago was that in, like, podcast time? We did that chapter, like, forever. Three months ago? Right. Probably more than that. It was a week in <laughs> book time. That's insane. I also find it a little crazy how far we've come because it doesn't feel like it's taken that long. Like, it doesn't feel like we've been doing this for months. No. Yeah. And we're in, we've already gone through one book, and right. we're seven chapters in now to the second book. It's like, holy oh, yeah, cow. And so like the very first episode we did, it's Kalorn and Mare. Yep, that's Yay. true. Yeah. That's true. This is Teasing probably... each other. She's calling him an ass. So. This is probably like the most Kalorn... It's the most corn we've really gotten, and it's, like, the most corn we're really going to get. As I said off mic earlier when we had this conversation, I'm okay with that. We'll get there. I'm not happy with corn. We'll get there. Yes, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. So. <laughs> well, he's back there muttering over and over, and she said she hears the word foolish, what, like, three, three times? Three times. Which means he's intentionally trying to he let her hear him say. It's like, Because he's not stupid. Hey, no. Mayor? It's like how when the kids used to like pepper Chuck E. Cheese and stuff, and to, or we used to pepper Chuck E. Cheese and stuff into our sentences to see if the kids were listening. <laughs> yeah. They'd act like they wouldn't hear what we'd say, and then we'd be like, and then they might go to Chuck E. Cheese later, and they'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. You guys say Chuck E. Cheese? Did someone say Chuck E. Cheese? I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> but it turns out that it's Mayor who thinks Kalorn is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Mare on this one. <laughs> okay, you can sort out your issues with Kalorn at yeah. the end of the chapter. But I mean, they spar back and forth here. You know, he's like, you think I'm so stupid? Tell me what it is that I know that Please, Mare, you educate, don't educate me. me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what is it you know I don't? You right. educate me on, right. And she's, I mean, she's trying to get him to understand it. From her point of view, I guess, which is that she feels like she's just traded one prison for another. Right. Because the way she's viewed, and she brings it up even later, is that she's different. She's not like Kalorn. Right. Or the other refugees. Yeah. Something that sets her apart. Not even Shade, who is the other one with ability. She's, right. There's still things that set her apart. You right. know, mm-hmm. like, no matter where she goes, people are watching her and whispering about her. Right. And he notices her noticing and calls her out on it. You know, mm-hmm. like, you think people here are spying on you? We're all on the same side. Like, And that's when she's like, are we? Are, yeah, are we? <laughs> Did you, though? Did you, though? <laughs> are we, though? Exactly. Well, and he also makes the point that she's... She says she doesn't trust anyone, but he's like, but you trust 
Cal and Shay. Right. They're like you because <laughs> right. they have abilities. That's the reason. Yeah, you know that's, I mean? the, that's reason the reason you trust you, them. You trust them. Right. Just and, because they have abilities. And you're going on this whole thing on nothing but Farley's word. Yeah. So you clearly have some trust in her. Right. Kalorn says the straight up dumbest thing <laughs> a dude has ever said in this chapter. He Mayor says she's mad about the way the colonel treated her and it's like called me a freak and a thing. Yep. And he acts like I'm a bomb that's ready to go off at any minute. Kalorn. Sweet baby angel corn. It's like, well, isn't that kind of true? But is it the worst thing that he Dude, she can electrocute you. <laughs> right. Shut up. Right. Is he is is Hold it the dumbest your dumb... tongue for five minutes? Is it the dumbest thing to say because he knows it's gonna make her mad and she could just electrocute him? Because he's not wrong. I mean he's not wrong, but Dang it, dude. Shut your mouth. <laughs> like, not the right time, Corn. Not the right time. Is this when the when Marina pops out? Yeah, I think so. It's like, it's like you know, if you're noticing that, you know, your significant other, like, just used a feminine hygiene product in the bathroom, it might not be the best time to point out that her jeans look a little tight on her. <laughs> it's just not the right time, dude. Right, I get it's, that. It might be true, but it's not the right time. <laughs> Well, no, this is when, this is when he's like, uh, well, you're no picnic either, you know, and they're arguing back and forth. Right. So this is, this is before they leave to go on their mission. So I gotcha. This is when, uh, oh yeah, no, it is that part. Yeah. Yeah. It is that part. Where she kind of puffs up her chest and goes back to her training at with the silvers mm-hmm. and the princess voice and the yeah. princess voice right I can't do a good princess voice otherwise I would try I would I would say that I just I can't right and this sets Kalorn off immediately because he's like that her her yeah that's what we're talking about he says, you've been through a lot. I know that. We all know that. What you had to do to stay alive with them, all while helping us, finding out what you are. I don't know how you came out on the other side, but it changed you. Just because Maven betrayed you doesn't mean you have to stop trusting people altogether, especially me. I'm not just something for you to hide behind. I'm your friend, and I'm going to help you with whatever you need, however I can. Please trust me. And Mare's like, I wish I could. But her actual response is, Kalorn, grow up. He flinches. Yay. Got a flinch count there. <laughs> you should have told me what they were planning. Instead, you made me an accomplice. You made me watch when they marched him away at gunpoint, and now you tell me to trust you? When you're in so deep with these people who are just waiting for an excuse to lock me up, how stupid do you think I am? Like, I mean... Woo! Yeah, shots friggin' fired here. This is yeah. Like, oh. yeah. However, this has been a long time coming between the two. Oh, you of got them. some more to read there. Yeah. Okay. Because like, I got I got some things to say about this. What you're done. Yeah. He he's he's hurt. You know. This he's is like, where our oh, whole I see. Come from here. I see. It makes sense. Why would you trust me? I'm just the fish boy. I'm nothing compared to you, right? And to Shade and him. So he's referring like, to Swolkow. Yeah, here is here is the list of your top people and where I fall on it. And he's not I wrong. I love this, but like this is he's this no, is he's not hundred percent wrong. I would, like pull up a chair and get some popcorn and be like, and, yeah, because she's like, you know, that's not true, Corn, and he's like, prove it. Oh, let's go. And that's where she has nothing. She can just apologize. Right. She's like, I'm sorry, I. Way out of line like, here. She, like that prove it moment was like what I was thinking about what we were talking about earlier with Jacob Bertrand. Like I could totally picture right. him oh, yeah. now I, in this whole I exchange. see him when I read I see now. him when I read now. Yeah. yeah. As Kalorn. It's it's yeah. in there. Yeah. So it's it's pretty set for me. Like I'm gonna be disappointed. I, <laughs> you gotta hundred percent understand where Mare's coming from with what she's been through. Because she knows that she's not 
a bad person. Right. However, you got to also look at everything that's gone on and what Cal has done to Reds, to other members of the Scarlet Guard, yeah. to the Colonel's, well, to a member of the Scarlet Guard. I almost dropped something. But you're laughing because you know what, right. I, what I almost said. But the point is, of course Cal's going to be treated this way. I mean, they haven't executed him or anything as far as she knows, but of course he's not going to just be like, hey, Cal, let's hang out, buddy. <laughs> buddy, yeah. Let's and be she read, she read the measures. Regardless of whether she was forced to or anything, she's associated with mm-hmm. that, too. She's got to understand that she's going to be met with this. Just like she says she can't trust anyone, they're, they're not sure they, not can, sure trust they her. can trust right. her. Yeah. So, you know, you can see it from both sides. Well, because everybody has an angle. Oh, sure. And Mare wants to be like, I don't have an angle. Yeah, but you do. You're already doing the, I look weak on purpose. I follow orders so I don't look like I'm going to be trouble. Everybody has an angle. Right, I'm she watching everything that's going on. Yeah, she needs to stop playing it like she's the only straight shooter here. Right. Because she is far from it. You're not an angel, right. Mare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's expecting everybody to follow these standards that she set. Right. She's not even meeting them herself. And if you could go all the way back to what Julia told her, where she's like, I'm not playing a game. And he's like, yes. You are. always playing the game. Whether everybody you else be or is. not. Right. Yeah. Everybody else is playing, so you might as well get on the field, too, because right. you're just falling behind what they're already right. doing. Yeah, you might as well participate, or else they're just going to use you. It's funny when she brings up Julian's words and then just, like, completely ignores them. I know! <laughs> She's like, Julian told me to do this. But I'm going to do the do complete that. opposite of what he said. <sighs> He's so wise, but I'm not going to listen to a single bit of his advice. Yeah. Oh, well. 17-year-old girl. Do. So Farley gave him the key. Till I get there, huh? Don't start. Don't start. Hopefully you're not going to be forced to go live as a princess and marry some dude that you don't like that yeah, is going to then force his brother preferable. to decapitate his dad. And be... That's kind of a messy situation. Yeah. Oddly specific. <laughs> I don't think that applies to many other people. Right, 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 right. The odds are story. pretty slim. Yeah. Got it on pretty good authority. That's not going to happen. So that's right. So they've got the key from Farley. Yeah. She does. What mayor? And the instructions. And they also on where... right. She she tells she tells us that she got the instructions from Farley on where it is. Mm-hmm. Does she goes into a little detail right here about where it is? Does she not? Sort of. Yeah. 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 Underwater. underwater. Yeah, it's like the there was some kind of I don't even know what was there previously, but Wait, does it really matter? No. I mean, there's a lot some of stuff sort of there. science type Yeah, some kind of science thing I think they said they were doing. And there's like a pool where you go underwater and you come up. Yeah, like the thing that the shark came out of, up out of and ate Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. And deep blue sea. That's the yeah. only thing I could keep picturing. But that's, that's apparently you where the colonel's... That room, I guess, is the colonel's... Like your dad. Yeah. The colonel's The colonel's office. Uh, headquarters. Headquarters, yeah. if you will. So... It cracked me up... I, we're, we're getting a little ahead. It cracked me up, though, because she's like, I wonder if the moon pool has a door that we won't be able to open. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't think you understand what a moon pool is. Right. Like, the whole point of it is that there's no door. And it's like, <laughs> swim up into it. Like, also, that's right. point. also, it's like, in typical mere fashion of, I wonder if something is going to go wrong and I'm going to die. Yeah. Pretty much. That's the typical Mare Barrow mentality. Right. So let, let's cover this part here with the with the uh, Barrows. Yeah, she's... Before they head off to She's kind of listening, but not really, because she's thinking about other things. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, because there's a, a bunch of cargo that's being right. brought in. And it's all in matching boxes that are painted white and have like a little green triangle on them. Right. And Mrs. Barrow notices that there's a blanket that's like really fine Piedmont cotton. And Mare is thinking to herself, like, even when I was in the silver world, Piedmont cotton was a substitute for silk. Like, yeah. this is really thing. nice stuff. This right. should not be here unless we hijacked 
a bunch of stuff, you know, and wh- and why would they know where the Piedmont trade routes are and, have, you know, be able to get all of that? Like, she starts thinking maybe there's even more things that I don't know going on. Once again, Mare has underestimated the hey scope and depth of the Scarlet Guard. Hey guys, I may have underestimated the Scarlet Guard a little bit. Yeah, I think. She, th- she thinks about the uh, Piedmont cotton... And how it was what Lucas wore. And so she Girl! has to go, I know, she has to go into her pity party moment. <laughs> Depressed a thought, let's go! Right. Exactly was, like somebody was... else I know. <gasps> right, yeah, Lucas was so last week. <laughs> Literally. Literally <laughs> last week. Not even last week, like three days ago. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. So he, uh, she, you know, Mayor's got the wheels turning about the possibility of where they could have gotten this stuff, this Piedmont cotton and, you know, alliances that she may not even know about. And Mr. Barrow sees, you know, her brain working and he's just like, be careful. You know, I I know what you're thinking about. I know what's going on in your mind. Just watch your step. Right. Basically, because you don't know who you're dealing with. I think this just illustrates not just, I mean, Mary's youth and her, where she's constantly like, oh my God, they're bigger than I thought. When she had already seen like all those crates from all those different places on the the immersive on the way to Tuck. It's like she keeps making that same mistake. But I think it goes to show also just as much to how small before all this happened her view of the world was. She oh, yeah. Stairs, and that's it. That was it. That I mean, she knew there were places beyond it, but we the chances of her ever getting to right. see it. And, or how big it was, or what was yeah. all out there. So there's so... this. It's just not just her underestimating the Scarlet Guards, almost more just her lack of understanding of the world and how vast it is beyond the stilts. Yeah. Even even with some of her you know teachings from Julian. It's, right. She's seeing how the world connects. Like, you know, how could they how could they hijack these? Well, they go there where the route is and hijack them. That's how right. it works. Right. So she she decides that she's done pretending that they're gonna eat this nasty slop, I guess, that's in front of them. And she dumps it out and she's like, Well, I'm finished, and so Kalorn jumps up. Well, me too. Yeah, let's go. Little lap dog. And the whole family, the whole family's like, so you're going to go see Shade. Wink, wink. Have fun in the infirmary with Shade. Wink, wink. wink. Not subtle at all. Right. No, yeah. Pretty funny. Yep, just just going to go to the infirmary and see Shade for a minute. Yeah. I'll see you guys later. Yep, yep. Well, we'll see you later. And, of course, they don't. And Giza's right. just there twirling her hair. It's like, bye, corn. <laughs> bye, corn. You can't see I'm biting my lips. So, they're, like, walking across. I guess they have the big concrete, I guess, tarmac, you would say, for lack of a better Yeah, order. pretty much. That's kind of what it seems like. there's hangers around. And, and there's stripes and stuff right. painted on it that you got to be able to, that's what I was thinking, it's like an airstrip or something. So, they're following the directions to kind of go out away from off the tarmac and away from the hangar so they can get out to the actual wilds of the island, if you will. And on the way out, she kind of Mare makes reference to noticing a hangar that's like six times the size of the other hangars. Yeah. Kind of looming in the distance and she's wondering it's all Huge closed thing. and there's like some guards just kinda of walking in front of it, chatting with each other. Mm-hmm. And she's wondering what's in that hangar. So nothing's ever mentioned in this book, in these books. Usually, if there's not something to happen yeah. with it, so mm-hmm. makes you wonder what's inside that hangar and will it be revealed. That's right. She's of course rubbernecking, trying to catch a look at right. what's in there, and gets spotted. So they close it up real quick. You know, it's like good job, Mayor. <laughs> good job, girl. You're so sneaky. But then the the uh, she sees out on the horizon the cargo ship. That's coming in. That's going to hide their swim down to right. They're getting the bunker. Down, they're getting down to the shore, so where they can see the um, the dock. Yeah, 
and she's the just like right. amazed at how big the this ship, ship is. is. Like <laughs> the fact that the Reds have something that's that big. Maybe they're bigger than I thought. Oh, Maybe, yeah. Guys, I may have underestimated God, Scarlet Guard. We're like the third time just in this <laughs> chapter. Just, I think we're going to have to subtitle this season. Guys, I think I may have underestimated the Scarlet Guard. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Like, how are you still surprised by this stuff, Mare? You should not be surprised if a snapdragon flew over you with a red pilot being like, hey, guys. It's, it's, nothing should surprise you at this point in time. It's like when I watch, or it's like in Harry Potter, when literally every year Harry's, like, surprised by what magic can do. Yeah, right. It's it like, was- Harry. This, it's been six years. Yeah. Right. You are 16 years old. You have been here since you were 11. There's a spell or potion for that? Harry, yes, Harry. There's a spell or potion for everything. everything. Oh, my. This can't is so much bigger inside than outside. Right. Harry. It's bigger on, on the, the inside. inside. Uh, forgive us. Favorite part of Encanto. Yes. Well, that's not surface pressure. So anyway, they're getting ready to make the swim, and uh, what you were discussing with J- Jacob Bertrand also popped into my mind. Kalora's like taking his shirt off, and she mentions his thin, really muscular physique from nets and working stuff, the fishing yeah. nets and everything, and it just makes That's... me think of Eli, a.k.a. Hawk, taking his shirt off, his shirt and he's off. all just shredded. But if we if we do that, like, we make the joke that Cobra Kai, every time Hawk makes a kick or something, they play the Hawk sound. Or like every time he takes his shirt off and you yeah. see his tattoo, yeah. In this, if Jacob Bertrand plays Kaloran, is it like every time he takes his shirt off or dives in the water, it's like a dolphin noise? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> or just like a splash. Like, splash. Yeah, like, I want the dolphin noise from SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> like, oh, there we goes like Kaloran again. Here. So they said it's a simple get in, get out mission. Obviously, they can't rescue Cal because there's nowhere to take him. Right. There's nowhere to hide him. They're just trying to get information, just, she says. She just wants to see him, get information, and tell him right. what's going on. Him. I need proof right. that he's I mean, not uh, dead. She's like, I just need to stare at those muscles. <laughs> need to admire his swollenness. Need to drink it in. That's right. I need my, my weekly dose of swollitude. Yeah. She needs to bask in the swollosity. Right. Yeah. So they swim out. And then they get under, they're under the dock, right? And there's some, I guess, a couple of guard members up and they're kind of under the dock. And he's, Kalorn is like reaching with his feet below them to try to find the top of this structure they're going to swim down under. And he finally finds it. And he said, they said it's about maybe a 25 foot swim underwater. How did you miss that cue? 20. 25. 20 foot swim underwater. 25. <laughs> I don't know. I should have given you the cue. Right, that's what I'm saying. So disappointed. Rewind, wind, wind. So Kalori says it's like a 20-foot swim. 25. Thank you. Down under to that moon pool. So he just kind of swims it and has Mayor grab on his leg, and he basically pulls her all the way under and into this moon pool. And he pops up, and she pops up through the air, and is just like, <gasps> Yeah. Well, you missed the joke that she made about how Maven would be so disappointed if the ocean killed her before he, he gets could. a chance. Oh, right. <laughs> then Kalorn have some little snappy comeback to that, too. I, yeah, he's like, I, well, as much as I would love to annoy the king, please not, try yeah. not to die. <laughs> let's avoid drowning. Yeah. Like, come on, Mare. Well, Talk he, about inappropriate. Well, he, I, I love how it's like, so is in italic, so it's like, Maven would be so disappointed. <laughs> so disappointed. So disappointed. It's like, shut up or I'm going to hit you in the face with a roller skate. Oh. But then the Kalorn's making fun of her for breathing so hard. He's like, boy, you think this is hard. You should try. Yeah, you wouldn't last a day on doing knots. Yeah, on doing knots underneath the boat. They get it out of this moon pool and they're in the colonel's headquarters, basically his office. There's a big desk there. Lots of papers. Lots of papers. A bed that rolls out from underneath the desk. Right, so a little bed. So apparently obviously, doesn't sleep much. doesn't leave much. Yeah, doesn't sleep much. It's a shame. And like Mulder. 
Because right. Lauren's immediately walking over to the desk and trying to rifle through papers, soaking wet. <laughs> Come on, you idiot. You know, you really are stupid. So the mayor has to be like, hey. Hey, don't touch dummy. that. Don't touch anything. Hey, Mulder, don't touch <laughs> Don't stick your fingers in it. <laughs> yes. The analogies if you watch the, If you love the X-Files, go back and watch it and see how many times Fox Mulder puts his fingers in stuff without gloves on. Without gloves on. Just randomly touching things, Just leaving his, his friends everywhere. Touch DNA all over the place. What is that substance, Mulder? I don't know. I don't know. Fingers, <laughs> sticks his fingers stick in his it. his fingers right in it. <laughs> Smells them. Licks it. Licks, licks it. Yeah. Mayor's like, hey, come on. You're going to... You're gonna, they're going to know we're here. Yeah. But then is it, is it Kalorn or Mayor that notices something? Kalorn, yeah. And he kind of stills and he's like, you're going to want to come and take a look at this. It's quite crazy. And she's like, what? <laughs> There's a picture on the wall. There's four people in the picture. There's the colonel. With his eye, not all bloody. Nor- yeah, normal eye. With his so arm. So before whatever, whatever happened, happened that made his eye like that, yeah. it happened. With his arm around a tall... Blonde-haired woman, mm-hmm. and his other hand on like a young blonde girl's shoulder, and they're both wearing gold necklaces. And Mir's kind of like, okay, okay, this is so he got weird. a wife and kid, and then notices the fourth person in the picture, which is a young teenage, long braided hair, no scar, having. Barley. Yeah. So that's her dad, the colonel. That's what dad almost let slip earlier. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Ah, that explains so so much. And also where the necklaces came from. Exactly why they have those matching necklaces. He wears the wife's, she wears the sisters. Yeah. And which means for some reason those two people don't have them. Yes, it they is, are no longer there to be wearing said necklaces. Right, and it explains why, what we were talking about last episode, about how it's weird with her failing, Farley failing, and the way he kind of talked to her yeah. was really different than you would think he would talk to her. We mentioned that. To there was captain. familiarity there that Mayor couldn't there you Which go. is why I said it sounds like a child that needs to be scolded. Yeah. Right, because and it was that's exactly what he was doing. That's what he was doing, scolding his scolding child. Scolding his daughter. Yeah. And Kalorn's like, why didn't she tell us that she was the colonel's daughter? And Mare's like, oh. I thought that you said you could talk to everybody. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, this is kind of a little bit of what I've been feeling the last few days. You find out something more and more every day that people right. are keeping right. things from you. And also, it's like, why would she tell you? That's not the kind of... That, yeah, really, I don't think she seems real proud of it. Right. Right, and, and you know whose business it is? None is. It's not something that you should just be sharing with people. Especially in her situation and clearly how she feels about it. Right. It's a she rank shouldn't and, just be sharing that with people. It's a rank and file military situation right. at right. that point in time. She can't go, well, just... if you don't follow my rules, I'll tell my daddy. Right. right. But I mean. You can't go all Draco Malfoy. My father will hear about this. Clearly, she doesn't want her father to hear about much of anything that she does, That's honestly. Right. Based on how we ended last chapter, where she's like, I'm really good at giving orders, I'm just not good at following them. <laughs> right. It's like, clearly. She has, like, no predisposed <laughs> allegiance to doing what he says just because he told her to. Right. More often, she's going to do the exact opposite. I almost wonder if some the of that way... also comes from the, like, the fact that he's her dad. Yes, what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. It's like, the, I, don't, her, 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 I don't want to listen to you anymore. Her with the key and toss it to Mary and saying that what she said at the end of that last chapter about how I'm not good at taking orders. Sounded like a rebellious teenage girl. It did. Totally. As much as anything. I mean, she's only like 22, so, you know. You know what I'm saying. I mean, even a she's, young lady well, still. I know. That's the point like, I was making. She's yeah. still young. Yeah. Well, and I think it also goes to the point that sometimes, no matter how old you are, when you're scolded by your parent, you're right back to being a little kid again. Yes. Your parent can reduce that. Right. In you, you know, or you're like, okay, it's. It's my dad. What am I going to do? He's chewing my butt. Right. It's just the natural instinct when you're getting reamed out by your parents. (laughs) So that was a big reveal. Yes. Very big reveal. We kind of downplayed it. It's a huge reveal. For this. I mean, it it is. We just all all knew it was. 
Yeah. Which this... means there's going to be, that kind of adds more to the Colonel as a character, too, because the way he talked to Farley was interesting and so that it was so different than the way he talked to Cal or the way right. he talked mm-hmm. to his... Or the way he talked to Mayor in so the same like, situation. So there's going to be heat over this, so that's going to be interesting to find out what happens there, yes. too. Because mm-hmm. he now he's got, like, layers upon layers of reasons not to like Mayor. Right. You know, right. Farley's failure is not going to reflect good on him, reflect well on him, and... Mare is the one that convinced her to do that whole thing. Right. So he's like, okay, I am not digging on your vibe or the sway you have over my daughter at all. Yeah. yeah. It also explains so much of, like, Farley's actions and personality. It does. Like, you you look at him and you're like, oh, so this right. is who raised her. That yeah. makes a lot more sense now. A lot yeah. more sense. <laughs> and however long... He's been involved in this sort of, you know, military role. Mm -hmm. She says when they're looking at the pictures that they're dressed, you know, more like farmers. Like at one point in time, they were farmers. But Mm -hmm. he seems to have had some sort of military background for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody who's grown up a military brat, you know, you know that you're generally brought up with pretty strict rules and limitations on what you can do. Yes. So this is the part where Mare's reminded of being in the cells underneath the Hall of the Sun with Julian and helping uh, Farley yeah. and Kalorn and Walsh escape mm-hmm. after Tristan was killed. A week ago. <laughs> Again, can't stress can't that enough. Stress how insane that is. A week. So uh, crazy. How long I didn't catch that? A week. week. Okay. It's been one week since we were in the cells. So Sorry, I can't go anywhere else. But Mare just like grabs Kalorin because she's like, I know the way. I remember what he's what Farley said. So she, she's just like yanking Kalorin, dragging down him hall. down the hallways. Yeah. And she knows which ways to go. And then they finally get to uh, was it at the end of a hall and there's some yeah. cells and then there's one that have glass like in the doors. Mm-hmm. Observation panels. And there's a thudding <laughs> coming from one of the cells. She goes over and realizes fist <laughs> repeatedly hitting, just pounding on the window, and silver blood streaking it. It's like, dude, stop. We've got a flinch here. Mare flinches. Oh, when like his fist hits the yeah. glass in front of her. When it hits so hard, she thinks that the window is gonna break, and then realizes that. Sweetie, if it hasn't broken by now, it's it ain't not gonna, gonna break. break. Yeah, she sees his flame maker bracelet too on his arm, and she was like, "Well, that's stupid that they haven't taken that away from him. Why doesn't he just melt the window and leave if they left him with the flame maker bracelet? Right. They must Hi. not know that huh. that's his weapon." Hey guys, that's her reasoning. They but, don't know. Hey guys. I may be slightly underestimating the Scarlet Guard here. Right. But so he pulls his fist back and he notices her mm-hmm. and stops. And Somehow they, through the blood stained glass, he yeah. sees her face. They share a moment. Yeah. Right. Eyes locked. Eyes He's like, why are you looking at my face? She's like, I'm not undressing you with my eyes. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I kind of am. I'm like, I'm not. And he's like, the door is locked. <laughs> and she's like, I couldn't tell. Why is Mary so attracted to hot dummies? So dumb. <laughs> Listen, the dumbness <laughs> is immense. Kalorn and Cal, hot dummies. Hot dummies. <laughs> Okay, it does sound pretty stupid. But why male like, models? <laughs> Seriously? I just... I just told I you just, that. I just told oh you that, dude. Oh, my dude. gosh. So, Kalorn holds up the key. Like, hey, dummy. <laughs> Dum-dum. Yeah. It's right here. Hey, other dummy. This <laughs> dummy has your key. <laughs> Dum-dum, he dum-dum. 
And and Cal's like, oh, Colin's here. <laughs> like, he didn't even notice. He was just staring at Mary. He didn't even notice. Oh, hey, friend zone. What's right, up? <laughs> that Colin was there. And he smiles. It's like, hey, Colin. And Colin's like, mm, no. It's like, no smile back at him. Nothing. <laughs> so he goes to put the key in the lock on Cal's door and turn it. And, like, it's not. Dirty. It's not working. And then we hear... Boost. Steps. So Mare's like shouting. Let me get this. Let me yeah. get this. They're coming, they're coming. I've got to hurry up. So she starts like throwing her body weight against the door to try to bust it open. I don't know how she thinks that that's gonna affect <laughs> the key turning. <laughs> maybe she's just like, like she doesn't understand how tumblers work. Or maybe she's just like, hey, screw the key. I'm gonna try and get through this door. Like Cal wouldn't have been able to do that already if that was possible. You're constantly talking about how buff and swole he is. Not that swole, girl. Step aside, Cal. Yeah, not that swole. Tiny teenage <laughs> chick is gonna knock this door off the hinges. <laughs> She is known for being short. And very, very fast, very tiny, very light. Okay. Yeah. So Kalorn's like, oh, they must know we're here. And so he fumbles the key in the lock again. and It finally works. Voila. This time it turns. Brute force did work just with the key, not the door. I guess. So he swings it open right as Mare goes to, like, throw a shoulder into it again. Right. And she pretty much falls into... And or is kind of pushed and into... And or is kind of pushed yeah. into the cell right as a soldier rounds the little Morning. passage right. that they're in. So it starts filling up with soldiers. Then the colonel shows up. The soldier starts surrounding him. And right then, Cal tries to make a break for the door. Like, not to hug Mare... Not, not to go for Kalorn's neck or anything well, like that. He makes a break to get outside the door. But I don't with think all he, these soldiers around. Well, but, but I don't. That's going to get you very hard. He sees what she does it. Yeah, right. He He's trying to grab the door because they're getting ready to close it. Right. And she's like, "It seems princes make me blind." You yeah. think, girl? Men make you blind. Men and no, 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 just, you blind. just the princes, apparently, because Kalorn doesn't do this to her. Just Maven and Cal, where she's totally blind to what's going on right. around her. And is it is it the is it the attractiveness? Are they just are they super hot? I don't, I don't know well, what the deal is. She tries to <laughs> lightening up. Yeah, as soon as she notices that the door is close behind her, she goes for the lightning. Yeah, I'm just gonna blow it off its hinges. Yeah. Because Cal hasn't already tried that. Even right. Though he still has his and she can't. I'll show these buttheads what they're dealing with. And they're, yeah, nothing comes up to her fingers when she tries to call the lightning. And she, like, looks at Kalorn's face and all he does is mouth to her, I'm sorry. And he can't even look at her. Yeah. Right. And this, the colonel is just smirking. Yeah. He's so happy with himself. Laughing. Laughing. Yeah. He's laughing. And so she's like, he's laughing. that's when she's yeah. like, I'm going to call I'm the lightning right now. blow this door off its hinges and electrocute all of you and turn your laughs into screams. Sweetie. And that's when she fully notices that she's not getting any electricity. Anything. Also. It's a familiar curtain, she says. Yeah. Before that, she was like. This like invisible curtain drops over me. It's a familiar feeling, but I can't place it right now, sweetie. Yeah, and she she realizes just then that Kalorn has betrayed her and locked her in this cell. Hey, Mayor, anyone, anyone can, can betray, betray anyone. anyone. Yep. Yeah. In fairness, he didn't look super happy about it when she looked at him, but I mean that doesn't mean you know betrayal yeah. is a betrayal. Right. So she's standing there very obviously trying to use her lightning to blow everything up. And Cal's like, they have silence still. Just like the cells, just like the arena, you can't do anything down here. No. You are just like they are down here. Yep. And I I love that how she is like, what? It's like, yeah. I've really, right, I've underestimated the Scarlet Garden. Again! Sweetheart. Sweetheart. 
you have a problem. A major problem. Because now she's locked in a cell with Cal, Silent Stone, can't use her powers. Kalorn has turned her into the Scarlet Guard, basically. Or Kalorn has been uh, complicit in a plan to get her down to the cells so she can be detained. Exactly. Yes. But then she thinks, wait, I'm locked in a cell alone with Cal. (laughs) Right. She still tries to punch Kalorn in the head through the window. Well, she's punching the window too, yeah. Yeah. And so then her knuckles bang against it. She starts bleeding. Mm-hmm. Can we read the last last sentence? Yeah. Read that last sentence. Am I the only one that has it? I think. The very, just the last just sentence? Just the last sentence, yeah. Right. I like that. Because she's, she's banging on the glass. Now yeah, too. there's a flinch here. Kalorn flinches even though he knows that he's not going to get hit. Get hit. Right. He still Maybe. flinches. Okay. Last sentence here. Red running through silver, joining into something darker. Her blood and cow. Um, Almost romantic. Or so disgusting. <laughs> so disgusting. The fact that it's literal blood. Is that like a metaphor for what their kid would be like? Possibly. I, I don't want to think about that. No. Jumping no. the gun? So, All right. So. Fair enough. Now we go back and we look at Kalor and what Kalorn did. Because we know he doesn't like cow. Right? Definitely. <laughs> so we know he's... His job, clearly, was to get Mare here so that they could get her into a room with Silent Stone so she couldn't use her abilities. Mm-hmm. And make her feel totally comfortable until you get her there. Right. right. So as not to set her off and trigger her abilities. Right. So let's, <laughs> right. So what Cal did, Farley was the one that gave her the key, and Kalorn is like, yeah, I'll take you down there. But he's, of course he's not excited about it because it's Cal. But you would think he would want to try to coax her to do that. But he doesn't. He lets her do it herself because they know that she wants to go see Cal. Right. So at every moment, Kaloran is p- playing his part like he's right. like he should. Like, oh, I, you know, you foolish. Know, Why would we do this? Whatever. Right. If you really want to go, I'll take you So down he was there. definitely like playing it. Right. So he was definitely playing it up. Yes. And asking her to trust him the whole time. Right. Yes. When he's being complicit in Girl, another betrayal me. on her. Right. Like, dude. Girl, I need you to trust me. Mare, honey, trust me. She ain't gonna trust nobody after this. Well, well um, Maybe Cal. The, yeah. yeah. The colonel is terrified of people with abilities. Oh, yes. yeah. Which makes you wonder. What has he seen? What has he seen? Well, Silver's. Right. So he doesn't trust him, period. But... Also, well, you mean have you seen other reds? But he also, he doesn't seem to have an issue, at least as of yet, with shade. Right. Well, he, I mean, he's... Or does he fully know what firm. shade's capable of? So, right. you know, he can't really... I guess he could jump, technically. Right. But they don't have him in not, silence, he, he wouldn't yeah. be able to jump far. Just kind of interesting. He probably wouldn't be able to get off top. Right. Uh, and but he's shade... Gone. From, from what we can understand at this point in time, Shade has been embedded with the guard for much longer than anybody else that Mare has association with right now, except for Farley. Yes. That is true. And we know that there's issues between Farley and the Colonel for well, other it, reasons. It, it right. makes so, me wonder, we haven't been necessarily told what the Colonel knows. Does he even know of Shade's ability? Right. I mean, I would think so, if he's been there with him for this long, right. he's probably gotten them through some tough spots. Tough spots with his ability, mm-hmm. you know. Like I, I, I doubt that he doesn't know. You know, I think he probably does know. But Shade has been around long enough that his loyalty has been right proven. Right. Yeah, his loyalty outweighs the possible cost of his ability. Yeah, because from what I can tell, it's not. His ability is teleportation, for the most part. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to be where he can just, like, teleport anywhere. It he has can limits. just jump distance, great distances right. yes. in a very short amount of time. Right. So, exactly. he's not, it's not like he can just disappear and reappear somewhere down in Piedmont or whatever. Exactly. 
he can just... Which is, which is why I said he probably wouldn't be able to get off tough, especially when he's injured. Exactly. He wouldn't be able to get very far, let alone be able to go across the ocean that they're in. Right. So it's not it's not like they need to keep him really someplace where he's that monitored. Yeah. Right. There's he a level need to be of contained that way. Right. There's a level of distrust that they have with Cal and Mare that you know, I think it's just time hasn't proven you know, their actions haven't proven loyalty. Especially Cal. Especially Cal. I feel like it's and, disproven loyalty yeah, if anything. And you really have to earn it with the colonel. He's not just going to hand over those kinds of right. uh, liberties. Correct. Yeah, he's he's uh, he kind of rules with an iron fist a little bit, it seems. Yeah, they're trading one prison for another thing again, mm-hmm. huh? So, yeah. when at the beginning of the episode, the mom was like, you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm kind of mad at Kalorn this week, though. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is why I'm mad at Kalorn. Because mm-hmm. he looked his best friend in the eye, told her to trust him, and then betrayed her. Yeah. Good job, dude. Yeah. yeah. After, You're a also, after saying something about hating Maven. Right. It's like, I want to inconvenience him. And we're all on the same we're side. we're all on the same team. Yeah. But, like, Betrayed. Right. Well, I think this puts him in the lead for this book's Maven Award. <laughs> so far. I mean, does Maven not get this book's Maven Award? Not yet. He hasn't even been in it yet. Yeah, he has. He's in the first chapter with all the, with all oh. the reds. Oh, that's right. I, I, oh, I feel like that secures him. Yeah, award, but you, but yeah, like straight I guess. Out the gate. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that was the beginning of this book. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Editing that episode. Right. Finishing it tonight. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's true. I mean, Maven is, boy, I, I forgot that he started yeah, and he's the book just going like to keep that. popping up I and knew, getting worse. I knew there was stuff later that was going to be like, yeah, no, Maven's one again. But Yeah, Maven is totally herpes in this book. Can't get rid of him. Yeah, every time he just pops up, comes back worse and harder to get rid of. Yeah, he's, yeah, he is. Like glitter. <laughs> You try and brush it off, and then somehow there's more on you. Everywhere. You think you may have symptoms of Maven. See your doctor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Taking Calortrex may help you. (laughs) Side effects include. (laughs) Children born with the head of a golden retriever. (laughs) Our family loves making fun of medicine commercials. They're just so... Bad. In fairness, they kind of make they fun, fun of themselves. themselves. They really they do. They really do. Anyway, I think that's enough tangents. So, on. right. So, here we are at the end of this chapter, chapter seven. Mare's betrayed again. That's someone she thought she could trust. Oh, man. Hey, what? girl, you think you may want to start taking some of Julian's advice to heart there? Right. Maybe. Stop estra- underestimating the Scarlet Guard. <laughs> right. And stop blindly trusting people. Yeah. Which, the thing with Mary is she doesn't, she says, I'm not going to trust anyone. But and she will does. trust literally anyone yeah. as long as they're like telling her what she wants mm-hmm. to hear at that moment because right. it's what she wants. She falls for it so hard. Yeah. So they just keep pulling it on her because right. it keeps working. Right. You know. So now she's locked in a, locked in a cage, a cell with Cal, with Silent Stone. Can't use her abilities, and they can't get out. Right. Look how good she is at not being a pawn in anybody's game. <laughs> right. Also, <laughs> also, it, like, it's not really set up to this point, like explicitly. But the effects of Silent Stone are more than just not being able to use your ability. It actually wears on you. Right. Oh yeah. You yeah. can feel it pressing yes. down on you. Pressure. Pressing down. Silence. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't try doing some some surface pressure there. You could have. You could have finessed it. I was just watching Bohemian Rhapsody the other night, mm. so I've got Freddie Mercury on the brain. I've, I've listened to Queen since I've listened to Surface Pressure, so, so Queen was the go-to the instead of Surface Pressure. Right. I know you're probably listening to Surface Pressure like 19 times a day to get ready for your audition. Yes. Is that what you're doing, Surface Pressure? Yeah. Oh. We're so excited. Okay. She's auditioning for theater trip this summer. Okay. They don't care. <laughs> they yes, care. Yes, we do. I care. The listeners Therefore, care. They care. 
I do care. So we're going to do one more week without fan art. I'm still collecting some fan art. So I want to get a nice little stash going before I start throwing out fan art every week. So we will hopefully be back next week with some featured art or possibly another featured corner. Yes. We are still kicking around some ideas. Also, if you guys have ideas, it's a good way to segue into the socials. Uh, Let me throw the socials out for you guys. I'm sure you've heard them all before, but we're going to run them down again. Uh, Definitely give us a follow over on Instagram. That's where we're most active. It's at Reading with the Rockefellers. Uh, We've got all of our um, episode announcements. We've got our fan casting reels over there. So we find all of our fan art, lots of interaction over there. So catch us on Instagram at reading with the Rockefellers. You can email us directly. That is reading with the Rockefellers at gmail.com. It's everything all spelled out reading with the Rockefellers. I like checking the email. Yep. So that's, that's kind of my job. We get that. So send us fan art. We like stories of how the book series has changed you guys' lives how it's brought families together like it has with ours, stuff like that. So we definitely love getting that information. You can check out our website. It's got all of our episodes available for download, the blog, the fan art, uh, the fan casting pages are going to go up soon. I haven't gotten them up quite yet, but they will be up soon for the Red Queen fan casting pages. So you can see all of the pictures of our chosen uh, actors and what roles they will be in in our universe anyway. I think I did. I think we did a good job. I think we did a good job. We did a good job. We yeah, should absolutely. We should. Yeah. Allison Jones, if you're listening, gets called. We're really good. Um, that website is www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. So check us out over there. And then finally, the YouTube channel. You can find video episodes of all our video <laughs> versions of all of our episodes that Mia puts together over on our YouTube channel, which is Reading with the Rockefellers. So make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the little bell so you get a notification every time we drop a new video. And we will be back next week with chapter eight. Yes. So we will see you guys then. Bye. 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 Bye.